Yes. B, Brave B makes his debut. Oh man, I this story it's a roller coaster. If you like roller coaster stories, this is one of them. As I said with uh, a previous testimony, you know, it's it's easy easy to debate God. That's very very hard to argue results. This is Brave B's story part 1. Here you go. All right, we have a special edition going on. We got B from Thurs Dudes PM. Yes, we have multiple groups meeting at multiple times. And there's an opening for you, by the way. If you are interested, no matter where you are, this group meets virtually. So you can join in from just about anywhere. I'm in California. B's in Minnesota. And um, yeah, we have uh, listeners around the world. So we'll welcome you. And if you want to start your own dudes group, great. Just hit us up at contact us page at fridudes.com. So B, you, you've caught my attention from the very beginning. There's just something about you. And B, you, yeah, I'm intrigued. You have a story to tell. And as I've humbly learned, man, it's so easy to debate God, but it's really hard to argue someone's story in the results. So brother, thank you for your courage to share. And the floor is yours. And, uh, We'll give this about a half hour or so. And then if you feel it needs to be a part two or a part three, so be it. Okay, bro? Sounds good. All right. Where do you want to start, my man? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I'll just start from the beginning. I got kind of some bullets to go through to guide me through the the, uh, various different aspects and hopefully kind of keep the story somewhat smooth. But, um, I'll start with, you know, just uh, growing up in the 80s, kind of classic neighborhood. Um, Our neighborhood was filled with kids, um, you know, and all sorts of different uh, families. And, um, you know, it was kind of one of those picturesque, you know, you look at Mm -hmm. the, you know, something like um, Stranger Things, you know, the, the, uh, you know, kind of essence that you get from the 80s, you know, analog to digital kind of transformation and um, that whole era. And um, it was just you know, it was, it was one of those things from the outside. It looked, um, great, you know, and, um, I went to church, um, very consi- uh, consistently, um, oh, you're you a know, church I boy. grew up in, yeah. Yep. So I grew up in, you know, Wells. So there was a very conservative, um, perspective. I was, you know, challenging, especially with my relationship with God. I, um, saw it much more as a rigid, um, you know, uh, very clunky, um, relationship and it's not necessarily anything on the church itself. It's, um, you know, just the nature of who I am, I think, um, plays into, um, the nature of the church and it oh, just, uh, it really challenged my relationship early on. So, um, it was kind of like a fire, a fire and brimstone type church. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's a, you know, there's a, a very closed off, you know, you become a member, you can't have, you know, no shared community. Um, there was very, uh, specific, you know, I guess the, the best way to describe it in a lot of different ways would be, um, or loosely, I guess is probably the best way to say it is, um, you know, a judgmental, um, very law, um, based, uh, sure. church where the gospel was, you know, there, and it was a part of the core beliefs, but a lot of it was do this, don't do that. Um, oh, the rules. And if you don't do this or that, you go to hell. Um, uh-huh. I bet you, you know, know, there's so plenty of listeners right there will resonate with that. For yeah. sure. Yeah. You know, and that was, you know, I'm my cousin and, you know, you can't see right now for most people listening, but I'm a big Packer fan. <laughs> and 
Um, you know, my cousin was the big influence on me and in that my entire family was Vikings fans. And we actually just got done talking about this. Uh, we did. Um, my cousin, you know, he was a dedicated Packers fan and he influenced me to be that way. And, um, him and I were like brothers. I, neither of us mm-hmm. had brothers and, um, we were the closest thing to having that. So we spent a lot of time together and it was really hard for me when we would go to church together, he had to stay in the pew. And I would uh, see my parents, you know, and as I got older, I would take communion and he would have to sit, you know, and it was very confusing for me because I felt like he um, deserved salvation just as much as I did. And uh, I, I didn't understand how that was, uh, you know, part of this, you know, segregation. It almost felt like um, even within a church setting like that. So mm. very difficult um, in that sense. So that's, you know, and then, Hey Benny, yeah, one, one footnote. Yeah. Sorry. I interject like this, but I, as you know, oh, my good. style, Hey, note listener, fire and brimstone churches, you are rebel breeding factories. <laughs> that's what I, I, that's one of my observations is that I've, yeah. I've heard so many testimonies now. And obviously I got a little benefit of knowing a little bit of your story, but just note that when you're too into the rules and less on love and less on the gospel. Um, it's why a lot of times pastor kids are calling PKs that go off the rails. It just was too strict. Um, but anyway, yeah, brother, that helps set the stage. I think a little bit for you. I hope. Definitely. Absolutely. And so, a part of being in, you know, a lot of that uh, immersion in church, um, I actually went to a parochial school for the first eight years or nine years of my life. Um, and, you know, it was a small place and I knew, mm. knew very few people. Um, and uh, so there was, you know, a very close connections with a few kids um, and everyone kind of had this very close knit community. Um, but one thing, especially as I grew older, that became challenging in that is that um, the larger community, the kids, um, that I would eventually go to school in public school with, um, I didn't have that depth of relationship that they were just carrying from elementary to middle to high school. Um, that, you know, cutover was very difficult for me. And I was not, you know, the, uh, top, you know, in sports star of any team. I did play basketball and baseball. Baseball was actually decent at both of them. Um, but never, you know, top dog. And there was, I was really hard on myself, um, you know, on how well I performed. And it was, it was a, a mind game in that way too. But, you know, I the, just the connection that I had with all the people that were in my family or in my neighborhood and all the kids were running around. And I always felt like I had this outsider, um, you know, uh, approach to all these kids that were in my neighborhood and on my sports teams and eventually in high school. And so that was, you know, a challenge in and of itself, but um, you know, I, I think my parents did a, you know, a good job of making sure that, you know, there was a closeness to that, uh, church, um, group where obviously a lot of those morals and values, um, were a focus. And honestly, that was a great foundation for me, especially, um, as I grew older and went through some of the things that I did. Um, it was great to have that foundation to come back to, even though there was sacrifice in it, um, just having those roots in, in God and, and understanding where the, at least the, the place to go, um, you know, when it gets hard, uh, is so that, uh, you know, turned into, you know, uh, uh, some awkward relationships, friendships, and one of the friendships, and this is where things kind of start getting real is, um, my, as my parents tried to engage me into some other friends that were not a part of, um, the church community that we were so close to, um, uh-huh. 
I started getting, um, becoming friends with a couple of people, uh, a couple of boys at the time. And, um, in our, uh, engagements, there was, you know, a few, uh, few times where these guys would, um, and honestly, I don't remember it in very, um, vivid, uh, sense, but they would expose themselves and, um, very awkward. And I only remember, um, moments of it, but there was definitely, um, some weird stuff going on. And huh. I don't know, um, much more beyond that. Um, it was obviously a very challenging thing to process as a kid, right. um, especially in the awkward relationships that I already had with yeah. all the friends and the community and things that I mentioned already. How old were you and at the time? Honestly, honestly, I don't remember exactly. I just, I think that it was somewhere around that transition from elementary to um, high school. So I think that I was probably somewhere between 10 and 12, probably uh, not quite that, but um, you know, somewhere around that age from my parents, I think had the foresight to see that there was, you know, a public school that I was most likely going to be in. And yeah. they tried to introduce me to some of those friends and, um, that, uh, obviously didn't go, go as planned. And, you know, as many people that experience this type of thing and that just categorically sexual harassment, if you will, or abuse or whatever it may be, um, I'm still processing. And I actually just Man. told my wife, um, you know, like a year two ago um because i never have had a um, i never knew how to actually process it um and i still don't so um you know that was a that was a that was a big trip in my um uh you know setup and and then not long after that um my sister you know i my sister's five years older than me um my other sister is eight Years oh, wow. older than me. So there's a big spread. And I think that one of her attempts, my next oldest, bigger sister, um, attempts to uh, really kind of develop a relationship or a deeper connection between us. Um, she had left um, college as I was um, in my last year in elementary school. She brought me to her college. And, um, you know, I just got smashed um, first night, um, you know, that I went out there. And I very vividly remember it was Parrot Bay and, um, oh, wow. you know, I was drinking Sixth whatever grade? beer I could, uh, no, eighth, eighth grade. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I, eighth grade, um, I think seventh or eighth grade. Um, I think she was, it, it had to have been eighth because she's five years older than me or I guess it depends on how the math works out, but seventh or eighth grade, I went out with her and yeah, I did, uh, had, you know, I believe it was, you know, a half of seven fifty of Parrot Bay and, um, mm. beer. And I was, you know, it was, I was very inappropriate with girls and there was, it was weird. Um, you know, especially as a eighth grader going into that setting and the previous, you know, and stuff that I was talking about. So it's, it's definitely a very uh, interesting setting for me to be in. And that was, that was kind of a thing that we had done a few times. And, mm. um, and then my other sister was in an abusive relationship and, uh, um, not my story to tell, but, um, she brought me, um, in, uh, and again, as a potential method of connecting or whatever it may be, um, she started to feed me, um, alcohol as well. And, um, you know, it was, it was just, uh, it was a, a, a rough setup, but, um, I felt like it was a great key for me as I was going into public school, I would brag about the fact, you know, right. that I was cool enough that I was drinking and, all that kind of stuff. And there was some kids that were a little bit uneasy about it. There were some kids that thought it was, you know, cool and whatever, but a big, 
um, you know, aspect to my entry into high school beyond, you know, my attempt to try and establish friendships on terrible circumstances is that, um, you know, I, something that haunted me through all of my friendships, um, you know, in my older, uh, after the incident with those friends, as well as in deep into my high school days is, um, I, and you know, this isn't necessarily communicating a stance on anything, um, political or social or whatever it may be, but I always felt like there was a perspective of me being, um, gay and, um, going through high school in the nineties, that was obviously a very challenging thing for me to, um, put on myself as, you know, kind of like blaming myself for the, the things and just really feeling like every, every friendship or girlfriend or whatever, that they were at some point and find out this thing happened to me. And then they would be like, Oh, this guy is gay. And, you know, and make fun of me. And I, it was a very complicated subject in my head. And so that was, you know, going into high school, I'm kind of bringing in, you know, my early days of drinking and um, my trauma from the, you know, friends and then trying to figure out how to navigate going from private to public school. And so I was, I was a little confused. And so, um, you know, I did everything I could to try and grab on to people that would um, accept me. And um, so that was, you know, a big thing. I found a couple friends and honestly, a to this day, um, genuinely appreciate the friendship because they weren't on either side. They just accepted me for who I was. Um, and you know, they weren't good or bad. If you will, they were indifferent. They did stupid stuff, but, um, you know, they also did good things and they, they appreciated me for who I was, but they were whatever. Um, so as I kind of got into this group, I started, um, drinking more, um, because they were casual about it. And there was house parties and those types of things that they were exposed to. Yeah. So I started drinking more and I started smoking weed, um, smoking cigarettes and just kind of thinking that all these things that were kind of detaching me from this past that I had already um, and setting myself apart from it and becoming cool enough, if you will, to be a part of something that I had never been a part of. And feeling like these things were what really kind of um, helped me become a person that was accepted. And so, um, you know, old friend from neighborhood, you know, I, uh, you know, him and I, uh, one of many deeper, you know, dives into some of this is him and I were in the backyard and this kind of brings in kind of an aspect of how did this happen with my parents? Um, you know, and, and not noticing, especially with how involved they were as a child and all those things, I think there was a, a large level of ignorance. Um, and that is, you know, I was having a fire out in the back. Um, we had woods behind us and there was a church and there was some people that would always go out there and we were having a fire and we were drinking. We got drunk one night and, um, we heard those people talking. And so we ended up going out there and I don't remember a whole lot about what it was. Um, but I started talking trash and I ended up getting socked in the face, um, laid out on the floor and, um, my buddy picked me up and whatever words exchanged and we walked back, he carried me back and in, into the house my mom woke up from the dis disruption, um, grabbed some ice. She was holding the ice and she asked me what happened. And I obviously skipped the details of the drinking, mm -hmm. but then I told her that there was some kids that, you know, punched me and fought and whatever. And, uh, and then she said, well, have you been drinking? And I just looked at her in the eyes and I said, no, I said, okay. And she just kind of went about her business. And, 
you know, it's uh, it, whether she knew it and could, couldn't accept it or whatever it was, yeah. um, that's just kind of an example of, you know, a demonstration of these two very disparate lives um, that I kind of represented at home and with family and friends and all those things with my family, seeing one person and being a different person when it's at school or when I'm going away and being this other person when I'm not around them and just blindly believing that I am who I um, advertise. Um, so I think that there's a big thing in that for a lot of parents too. And that's kind of something that now being a parent myself, um, you know, I, I try and not have it um, cloud my judgment and overtake my, um, you know, my, my own parenting, but I definitely take it as input um, as my kids get older and understanding um, how to have a deeper relationship with my kids, um, being accepting and trying to do the things that I can, um, you know, to, to be accepting and, and open to those things and also not being, um, you know, as if you will, ignorant, um, if, uh, as possible. So yeah, it's a balance, isn't um, it? Isn't it B? It's a balance yeah. meaning, uh, you're a parent, I'm a parent. It, you parenting's work by the way. Uh, it is if you want to do it properly. I mean, you do have to have boundaries. You have to, yeah, you have to, to, to make corrections at time. And then there's, again, as I talked about the church, picked on that a little bit. When you're too fire and brimstone, you know the parents are sometimes too strict as well. And that's a rebel breeding factory. It's such a delicate balance one way or the other. Yeah. When you need to discipline, and there's times where you just need definitely grace, mercy, and love. You just got to, it's a, it's a tough one. But I, and the other recap I want to make, be for the listener is um hey yeah you're starting to see a build here you're at least the early partying i can i can relate to that the exposure i didn't have and that that will all those things are, are good they, they they build up i don't know the thing that's coming to my head is they say like one in four kids is exposed or taken advantage of inappropriately uh, it's it's a scary statistic but it's so real so i'm just glad you had the courage to share that is um there's someone listening here that knows exactly what you're talking about it, it it'll it'll throw you off doesn't it it does and i just you know i guess one of the biggest things that i guess i would have for those people that have gone through that and again i'm not done processing it myself i'm still mm-hmm. trying to work through it um, and I know that there's been many, much more severe circumstances for a lot of other people, but even in, uh, in the, uh, you know, encounters that I did have, um, you know, I think that it, it really, de- I just, it doesn't define a person as much as, it, as it feels. Um, and it really, it really is just, uh, I, I can empathize or sympathize, especially with how difficult it is to process and how to handle it, how to, you know. Um, recover from it is something that I'm still working through, but I definitely can encourage anyone that has been through that to reach out to someone that cares and, um, you know, find a pastor or, um, you know, a request a visit with a therapist or mm-hmm. whatever it may be, some safety net. Yes. Um, you know, there's so many out there, um, but just trying to find that um, to help someone process it as early as possible because it gets harder as time rolls on and the impact of that um, spreads. So thank you for that. Make sure people know that because I know you do lean on therapy and and it's also yep. freeing just to hear, okay, you're still working on it, man. I think there's some for things sure. we're just going to work on for the rest of our lives here on this broken planet. It's just the way it is. Yep. But, oh, uh, you know, where we, where, how, yeah, it's uh, old Romans 828, right? It's good coming out of bad. So um, anyway, brother, sorry. Continue. Yep. What, what? Uh, oh, it's all good. And so, oh, yeah. So then, you know, after, you know, I, you know what's that? Keep keep going, buddy. 
Oh yeah. So yeah, you know, after, you know, a few experiences like that and continuous, uh, you know, in the drinking and weed and, you know, all that stuff. Um, I ended up, uh, I was, God blessed me with, you know, uh, intellectual blessings, um, that allowed me to be in a college setting, especially for some of the, um, you know, different areas of my, the talents that he did bless me with. And so I was, I was in college courses, um, in my sophomore year, which I started, um, smoking heavier. And then, um, in my junior year, I started going full bore, um, post-secondary. And, um, that ultimately means that the majority of my day was spent in a college setting, um, gaining college credits, which was great. That was the whole idea was to, started early on earning college credits while, um, you know, completing my high school credits at the same time. So oh, it's a great, great opportunity. Um, but it really brought a lot of challenges, especially with the person in my situation, a lot of freedom, um, along with the fact that my parents, you know, were under the impression that I was a good kid, um, and doing the right things. I took full advantage of all those, um, and, uh, got deeper into drinking and, and drugs and, um, eventually started getting into heavier drugs and, um, that eventually turned into, I moved out, um, of my parents around 17. Wow. Um, and part, part time, you know, they, I don't, I don't know how, you know, it worked out for them, but I would spend, um, you know, numerous days with friends. Um, and I think that a lot of it was that the, one of the first friends that I spent a lot of my time with was uh, old family friend, um, which I'll get to in a little bit, but he was, he was a child of a family friend. My parents trusted and kind of a, you know, a perfect setup, whatever it may yeah. be. Um, but I ended up, um, spending a lot of time with that, with him. And, um, at this point, my relationship with my parents was very rigid and rocky. Um, you know, I, I definitely wasn't the innocent kid, um, that they saw me, especially as I started getting into heavier drugs and those types of things It always, it was all kind of falling apart. Mm. Um, and so there was a lot of pain and, um, challenge, especially for my parents. Um, one very vivid memory, um, that, uh, still hits me today, especially as I've repaired some of my, um, relationship with my mom. Um, I, I had a blow up with my dad and I just, um, we would always get into it. And, uh, my mom was, uh, she had a lot of losses in her life. Her dad was an alcoholic. Um, her mom died when she was 18. She had a lot of death around her, um, in her early days, um, and loss. And, um, you know, she saw her, her son, you know, and her husband, you know, always going at it and I was falling away. And, uh, one day there, my dad and I got into it. Um, I was walking away. They took my keys, took my phone, tried to do everything they could and just, you know, person in that mindset, just, uh, nothing will stop them. Right. Um, and I was walking away, walking down the street with my backpack on and, um, my mom was on her knees, um, mm. just weeping, you know, and, uh, you know, um, I still see it just, you know, as vivid as if it was yesterday and I actually mm. just ironically just saw her, um, and it's the same, same woman, same guy, um, you know, and it's, it's crazy to think about that, but, oh, um, you know, I, I spent, right uh, mm. yep. 
so I spent a lot of time with them getting into, you know, heavier and heavier drugs. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time with various different people, um, gave myself away in ways that I never wanted to or anticipated, um, you know, and, uh, spent nights on a bench in the park. Um, you know, just, uh, really lost myself, um, lost everything that I knew, lost my connection, whatever it may have been with God. Um, you know, just, uh, everything fell apart and I'm sure that there's, you know, a lot of people that can relate to that and a lot of pain and a lot of suffering and a lot of challenge and misunderstanding and whatever it may be, um, just kind of culminated into events that pulled me into a place that I didn't recognize. Um, I joined a gang, um, and, uh, there was, you know, a lot of, uh, pressure on me and it's, it, it seems silly and I won't go into specific. You joined context, a gang? I did. Yeah. Wow. And, and that's, I don't hear that every yeah. day. Okay. So, I mean, and it was, again, you know, it's, uh, it's not, um, I, you know, it was, it was serious enough that I was actually asked to go and, you know, stab a guy in the back parking lot of a place. And, um, I don't remember clearly what ended up happening. I remember that that's one of the things that I was asked to do and it fell apart for one reason or another. And I went on and, um, went over to our dealer's house and did our thing and whatever. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was different. And, um, so I spent all this time and there's a lot of different stories, you know, that I could go on deeper. Um, but I think, you know, just overall, it was, a uh, really dark time. I found myself, you know, smoking out of a bulb and, uh, abandoned house, um, you know, sitting on an upside down five gallon and my friend's, um, garage and all sorts, you know, really dark situations. Um, and I also, uh, spent a lot of time with a friend of mine from high school and her and I had a, a pretty deep connection and we just synergized and never dated just friends. Um, and uh, I ended up spending a lot of time in her house because she had a lot of friends that were into a lot of the things that I was. And there was, man, I got, uh, so before I go there, one other story. I was out being dumb with one of my friends, throwing rocks at a light while we were, whatever, messed up on something. Um, and uh, we threw a rock and someone called the cops and a cop started chasing us. And um, uh, we were gunning it through this undeveloped new neighborhood. Um, and I was driving and I had just gunned it to this neighborhood as fast as I could. Um, and then eventually, and I don't remember what it was, um, but, uh, I pulled over and, um, I was gonna, we were gonna either run or switch seats. I can't remember. Um, but basically we both got out of the car and I forgot to put it in park. Um, wow. and, uh, the car kept rolling as my friend went around the front of the car and, um, he ended up getting, um, pinned underneath the car oh, between a, between man. a tree and the ground and the, and the, uh, uh, car. And, um, his leg was actually, um, trapped underneath exhaust or some hot part of the mm. engine. Um, you know, got into trouble and all that stuff, um, went to court and all that, but, um, he ended up having to get skin grafting on his leg. Um, you know, obviously lucky that that was all there was. Right. Could have um, lost it. Could have died. Yeah. I mean, in many, in many ways, you know, I was jumping speed bumps and it was, it was, uh, wild. 
Um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not something that I remember. I just popped into my head, you know, it's kind of one of those things that Mm -hmm. it's easier to forget and it's, um, it's important not to, but it's, uh, it was, there's plenty of situations like that where, you know, things are very real and I didn't take them, you know, serious enough, obviously, and lack of judgment in a lot of different ways, but, um, kind of going back to where I was going with my, you know, a friend of mine, um, you know, she ended up, uh, being, she's, she was a stylist and, um, in the cities and we would go up there, um, talking to her and, um, she hung out with people that were also connected with drugs and those types of things. And I would take advantage of that and get messed up. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if anyone's experienced here, but I'm sure that anyone that's listening, there's people that have experienced coming down from some of the types of drugs that I'm talking about, but mm-hmm. there is plenty of times where I was coming down and experiencing that, um, that fall was really heavy a lot of the times. And I called her weeping one day, just not sure what to do with myself, just, uh, whatever. And she asked me to come in sat down and she was just that kind of a friend. Um, she pulled me in. She obviously, she wasn't connected with any of the drugs. She drank a little bit, but she was, I think we were 17 or 18 at that point. And it wasn't, um, you know, super uncanny at that point, but, um, you know, she brought me in and tried to sit me down, um, and help me out as I was, you know, in her context, but, um, a lot of different things in between, but then ultimately there was a night where I was going out and I had talked to her and I told her I was going over to my buddy's house. Um, and I went over there and, um, the next thing I knew, um, someone was knocking on the door and I guess the next thing I knew, um, like someone knocked on the door and at this point I was laying out, um, all messed up, whatever on something and, um, laying on my buddy's, uh, my parents, old friend's son, um, uh, his bed just zonked and, uh, my cousin walked in, um, and he was a police officer in the city. And, um, uh, <laughs> it was a very simple conversation. Um, he said, are you ready? And I said, yep. And your, your cousin, your cousin is a police officer. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And, uh, wow. I just, I, I had it. I was, I was done. You know, uh-huh. I just, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, if I, if I had kept going, there's just absolutely no question, you know, I'd have been dead. Uh-huh. Um, I'm surprised I didn't die. Um, you know, and at that point I, I just, I had enough. So he said, yeah, um, you want to, you want to go? And I said, yeah. So I, I walked out with them. Um, I had no idea, but my parents were in the car. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, they were sitting there and my mom was crying. They had obviously had a conversation before I got into the car. Um, but no one said anything. Um, my mom was just crying. My dad was, um, you know, rubbing my back. Um, oh, wow. and, uh, and just, just felt love, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I found out later that it was actually that my friend that would bring me into her chair, um, you know, and console me or at least entertain me while I was, coming off of these drugs and having this, you know, wait, um, turns out that my parents ended up actually getting a call from her and, uh, she spilled her guts, um, told them, you know, and, and cared enough to sacrifice our friendship, um, to tell my parents that I was not in a good place. And she told them where I was going to be and they worked it out to 
have my cousin come with them to just kind of handle the situation. He wasn't in uniform. Um, but you know, I think that they chose him because I think a for one, he was willing, but also because he's been in these types of situations and if things escalated in those types of things, I think it would have been, you know, a good person to be. But, um, so anyways, I detoxed at home for a few weeks. Um, that was rough. I still have the blanket today. Um, wow. and, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time on my parents' couch, but the first three days, you know, were the, the roughest. And I spent that time, um, with, uh, my, um, my, uh, cousin that had come in and, and saved me. And, um, uh, and I'm sorry, that wraps up part one. I know I want the rest of the story too. Interesting. While he was, uh, staggering there a little bit at the end he you know his dog was gone so he needed to chase the dog down figure out what was going on there hey that is this broken planet it will throw you some curveballs some light some heavy anyway dog's fine brave bee's fine talk about brave bee be brave maybe it's you maybe you're next you want to share your story can your story help someone else out let us know Again, his up at the contact us page at friedudes.com and stay tuned we're not done with brave bee We'll be back for part two. Thank you so much for joining.